while you're in a fiery, saucy, fiery mood, let's jump into recording. It is, yeah, it's the perfect time. Welcome back to this regular old, standard as is can be episode of Men of the Machine. I'm Kevin. I'm Pat. And today we're going to make science a little, a little sexy. What we're going to do here is, remember back in the day when... I don't remember. Oh, yes, I do. I totes remember. We were, we did the quiz, the sex quiz of whether or not these terms were legit for... Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Okay, so I googled fun sex facts, made a little quiz out of it, and we're going to do something rather similar today. What do Let's I do, get if I win? I'll buy you something on Amazon like I did last time. What did I get you last time? I got you that, that uh, the, the, the fidgety cube, cube the, thing. Yeah, before they were the hot and popping, and now they're all over the place. Well, no, technically, the fidget spinner took off like gangbusters. I've never seen another fidget cube except for um, mine. I had a bunch of friends out here who have them, but that's legit. They probably they aren't as um, walking aroundable as as you know. If you're sitting in a chair, sure, but if you're walking around the mall, a little weird. You know, what I, mean? I still don't get. I still don't get the fidget spinner thing. Well, I like, got into I, a huge argument with my buddy here about it because he he was like, I, it turned out later. I found out a lot more about who he was and his um, mental struggles. But for him, it's a very, it's, I mean, it's 100% calming. Like, when he, whenever he gets anxious, if he just focuses on that instead of whatever it is that's making him anxious, it calms him down. I don't like that people just think it's cool to spin it, but if it steadies your head, sure. Sure, I'm on your side. That's awesome. That's the thing, though, is, like, I am possibly autistic by many people's fucking standard. Definitely uh, autistic, I- I definitely fucking have anxiety. Yep. And like, I literally, I had it in my hand once. I spun it. I'm like, and you paid like $10 for this? Oh, yeah, no, I'm not buying them. (laughs) I absolutely love it just for, but I love it in the same respect that when I'm holding a pen in my hand, I bang it on the corner of the desk. Like, I don't like it for what it is. I just like that it distracts me for a second. I'm not spending $10 on them. I think that's stupid. But I like so the, the argument we got into was one time I was walking through the mall and I held the I had the spinner in my hand, or or my friend Chance had it first and I was messing with him. I was like, dude, let me get that fidget out. You know, I'm fidgeting real hard right now. And I said this out loud so everyone could hear for like a solid thirty minutes until he finally acquiesced and gave me it. I spun it once in my hand and I just felt like people were looking at me funky. I was like, I feel weird. So I handed it back to him, like, without saying anything, and Tommy was there, and Tommy's like, yeah, you don't want to be seen spinning that, do you? I was like, no, not at all. So I brought this up uh, at the class, because I I wanted one, because that class was so boring for my new job, which I start on the 19th, whoop, whoop. And um, so we're going to have to uh, figure out our recording schedule then. Um, It'll be, like, afternoons now instead of morning. It's not the point. Uh. So I told him that. I was like, I don't like being seen. And he got super defensive because he's um, someone who's suffered like severe depression, anxiety, and he uses it for his reason, whatever. And I was like, I don't have a problem with what they're used for when used properly. But for me, I feel like a tool because I don't need it. And I don't want to be seen as that guy who's being a tool who doesn't need it. And we kept button heads and we didn't see I died, yada, yada. I, I don't know. I think they're neat. I just don't. If you're, if we're being fair, nobody needs it per se. Okay, like... yes, nobody needs anything, but that's not what we're talking about. But he, he got right, super right. defensive. Like, why should you care what other people think? I'm like, I don't care what other people think. I care about what I think I look like. Like, if I was to see me doing that, whoa, I whoa, 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 whoa! 
But that's that's the thing though. Like that's the same fucking thing. Like if you care what you look like, it is exactly the same. No, thing. no, no. It's like if, wearing a specific if you're looking, or something. I don't think that okay. T-shirt looks cool. I'm not gonna put it on me. Because I don't like well, the way no I would shit. look with it. Not the way you would see me with it. If you're like, if Patrick, if you handed me a shirt and you said this shirt's badass and I put it on and you thought I looked cool, that wouldn't make me want to wear the shirt if I thought I looked like a tool. Like, I don't care that you, someone around me thinks it's cool. I don't like it. So with the fidget spinner, I didn't like the way I looked with it. I didn't want it to just seem like that. I was like, this doesn't, I, this isn't working for me. It wasn't about what other people had seen. It was more so about like, I feel like if, if I was the people out there, if I was looking at me, I don't like the way it looks. I mean, I still say it's the same fucking thing. Like, if you're, like, concerned about how it looks, then, I mean, it doesn't to matter. But, like, but I'm just saying, I, if, if you're concerned about how it looks, like, then no matter how you fucking try to, like, break it down, it's still going to be the same fucking thing to me. At I least disagree. to me. I mean, yeah, to you. That's fine. I, I get... It's, I don't, it's not that I don't understand the argument. It's just that I don't see it that way. Because I don't care. Me and Franny go out and do a lot of things. And if I think I look fun, I do it. And she walks away from me because she gets embarrassed. But if I don't like the way it looks, then I'm not going to do it. So, either way. What? What are we talking about? I don't fucking know. How the fuck should I know? I don't know. That went sideways fast on me. I stopped paying attention. Oh, also, I wanted to send you this um this article, because we talk about Kevin Smith every now and again, and we have... Oh, our... yeah. Did you see the thing about, like, uh, somebody today where they were like, uh, oh, are you going to direct Star Wars 9? And he was just like, mine would suck. And then he just, <laughs> like, laid out the people who should direct it. And I was just like, I mean... I did not see that, but who did he say should direct it? Uh, well, the person who I guess is the frontrunner is uh, Ava DuVarnay. I don't know how to say her name really well. Uh, the, the, the lady who directed Selma. Um, although my whole thing is, if, if she dropped out of Black Panther because she thought Kevin Feige like, was like too controlling about like what they were going to do, what the fuck are you going to do with Star Wars? Which is something and... that, like to date, they fucking fired three filmmakers and replaced them because they're like, we don't like what you're doing. It's not exactly what we want it to be, so fuck off. Yeah, if three it's not Disney's modem. So far. No, it's not even Disney. That's the fucking problem. Is I don't think Disney gives a shit. I think Disney's like, if it makes us money, you do the fuck you want. And if it has a Star Wars name, it's going to make money. Um, no, the problem is it's uh, Kathleen Kennedy and Lawrence Kasdan who are like, no, no, this is what Star Wars is. What you're doing isn't Star Wars. It's like, hey, motherfucker, somebody at some point probably fucking told George Lucas that. In fact, people repeatedly told George Lucas that when he was making the fucking prequels. They didn't fucking stop him from continuing to make the fucking prequels. Yeah. And whether or not you like the prequels, there's still somebody's vision brought to life, and that's respectable. Yeah. Like, the fact that you're, like, now, like, the only person I think so far, I mean, maybe Ryan Johnson. I don't know if he's been obstructed at all. But I think with the exception of, like, maybe ryan johnson the only person who has been unmolested in this fucking whole new series of star wars, star wars movies is jj fucking abrams like literally everybody else like fucking colin trevorrow had to quit fucking uh lord miller got fucking fired um gareth edwards got replaced but kept credit like it's just such fucking retarded bullshit like i'm so just who like else did he say oh he said ava DuVernay. um he he also suggested George Lucas finishing what he started. I'm like, that's not a good idea. Um, uh, I think the third one might have been Abrams, but I can't remember. Um, hmm. I would really like to see like Gilmore de Toros or like Robert Zemeckis or like somebody like that has a very unique vision. But I don't think that's going to happen because that's the whole fucking point. Is that like the reason they bring on Ron Howard to replace Lord Miller 
is because like I, I I freely admit I'm biased because I don't like uh, Ron Howard, mm-hmm. but Ron Howard. Even his good movies, like he does not have a unique vision. You do not look at a Ron Howard movie and be like, "Oh, I bet Ron Howard directed that." Nobody's ever thought that because he's very much a guy who just kind of comes in and is kind of like he has no fingerprints, like which is exactly why you would fucking fire Lord Miller and bring him on because just like, "Oh, hey, look, somebody who is really fucking like it's gonna make something that's not in any way." He's basically the safest fucking movie in the face of the planet. We need Ron Howard. Who's, we need. What has Lord Miller done? Who's that guy? Lord Miller's two guys. It's uh, Chris Miller and Phil Lord. Um, they're the guys who did uh, 21 Jump Street, 22 Jump Street, um, Cloudy the Chance of Meatballs. Oh, sold. My favorite animated uh, movie of all time. Nope, don't even gotta go any farther. I'm there. I don't know if you ever watched it. I know uh, Cardinal watched it, but there's a show called Clone High that was on TV for like 10 minutes. Um, yeah, on like Disney XD No, it was MTV. It was, oh, MTV. it was MTV. Yeah, cause it was it was hardcore. Uh, it was adult animation before that was popular. Um, and uh, that's actually what sold uh, my brother and I on the whole like pretty much everything Lord Miller have done because like I'm every time I'm just like why would they do that and it's just like it's the guys who did Clone High I'm like oh okay like sure I'll that's give it why a shot I saw, the whole reason I saw the Lego Movie I had no interest in the Lego Movie oh, until I, I saw their that. names on it I'm sure it was yeah. good everyone loved it but I didn't see it the only reason it was good was because Lord Miller's fucking names were on it I guarantee you um. But yeah, like they clearly had a vision that the, the fucking studio didn't like. So there you go. And then fucking uh, Gareth Edwards clearly. I mean, and granted, I mean, Rogue One, I know at least the third act got reshot without him. I'm not sure how much of it, how much of the whole movie got reshot without him. That one still came out OK. But I'm just like, don't fucking hire. Like if you if you want to be Kevin Feige, don't fucking fire people that you don't. Like, like, don't try to control people and then, like, fucking fire them when they can't be controlled. Like, it's just, it's so shitty. Like, that's the whole thing is, like, the, I think the one person who has quit, Mar- I guess technically also Edgar Wright, but, like, it's, it's, those movies just don't even make it to shooting because it's, like, because that way you don't have to worry about it. Like, it's basically just, like, if you realize your, your vision isn't lining up with their vision, then it's just, like, well, I guess we're not going to do this. And that's fine. It's shitty. Like, I would still, to this day, I'm still really sad that I didn't see what Edgar Wright's Ant-Man would have looked like. Mm-hmm. But it's, like, I'd rather that than, like, fucking having, like, I don't even know how much of, like, Lord, what Lord Miller shot is going to end up in uh, the Han Solo movie, if anything. Like, and that's fucking shitty. Because, like, the one reason I was excited about that movie was because of those dudes. Because I'm like, when you first announce a Han Solo solo movie, I'm like, okay, but you're not using Harrison Ford. Why do I care? Like... And then it's just like, well, because we're going to have Lord Miller direct. I'm like, okay, yes, you've given me a reason to care. Now, literally, the only reason I care is Don Glover is Lando. And that's only not enough to make me watch it. <laughs> like, it's, It depends on how much Lando they put in it, if it'll sell me. I'm not a Star Wars guy in general, so I'm kind of yeah. eh. But yeah, Donald Glover being in it is the huge part for me. Yeah, well, that's my whole thing. Like that, At this point, the only thing I care about. And that sucks. Like, because it's just like, if you had done... Like some other fucking hot, like not like an on home solo orange movie, like, but you've done like if you gave me like Harrison Ford on solo and like Chewie and shit, I would probably be like I'm down where whoever the fuck directs it, like whatever. Yeah. But it's like you're you're basically being like we're gonna do this brand new thing, then you cut off the nuts of people that are trying to bring you this brand new thing, so you can have the exact same thing that you've gotten over and over again. I'm like, at what point do you think people are gonna start rebelling? Because it's gonna be soon. Like. 
There's always someone willing to take the paycheck. Well, no, I'm just saying, in terms of that, that's one thing, um, which that I get, but at the same time, like, I I don't know if people are going to forever going to keep seeing them if they're all exactly the same. Oh, Like, that was the whole thing. I mean, it's working for Marvel for a while. No, but that's the thing, though. It's not, though, because that's the thing, is Marvel does, they, they don't really get enough credit. They're like, they aren't homogenized. Like, they do, like, Kevin Feige figured out very early on, and I give him credit for it. Was that like the early Marvel movies, like the first, like the first Phase One, if you will? Those were straight superhero movies. Mm-hmm. Everything after Phase One has been basically him being like, "If we keep doing superhero movies, we're going to burn ourselves out. Mm-hmm. We need to figure out how to do this in different ways, so that it's putting superheroes in other things, and that way people are like, oh, hey, like the reason that like Captain America, like Winter Soldier works, is because they basically took like a political thriller and just put fucking Captain America in it, like." The reason Iron Man 3 works, at least in my estimation, it's because you made a Shane Black movie, like any of his fucking awesome action movies, and you put Iron Man in it. Like, the reason these movies fucking work is because that's what you're doing, is that you're not sticking to the superhero formula. Like, because that's the whole thing, is like, well, I do think eventually, obviously, yes, Marvel will have a failure, and like, it's gonna be fucking, it's gonna, I mean, it's just, it's the way it is. I mean, like, Pixar, for like, at least a decade, was untouchable. And then now, it's like, do they still put out good movies? Yeah, Inside Out was fucking amazing. But, like, it's not like before where, like, every fucking time it was coming out, you knew it was going to be amazing. Yeah. And, like, Marvel is currently in that position, and they won't be there forever because it's just impossible. But, like, they're there currently, and they've done it for longer than most because they know what the fuck they're doing. Like, and that's the whole thing. The reason it'll keep working is, like, the fucking Guardians of the Galaxy movies aren't really superhero movies. They're basically just, like, fucking, like, I feel like the first Guardians of the Galaxy movie did star wars better than any star wars movie since a new hope like in my mind um and i don't, and I don't mean that like an insult you know, empire is a better movie but like in terms of capturing like the this like the wonder and like the feeling of star wars of intergalactic travel and war just and fun and just like but i'm just saying like, just as a film like the movie that captured that best since 1977 so like it took like fucking almost like 40 years uh, was probably, I think it was like 35 when they made uh, Guardians 1. But that was the thing. Like, that was the closest. That's why like when I saw um, uh, episode 7, I said this before. If you listen to the Punctured episode about it, I was like, my first thought when I saw it was, cause I, was like, cause my, I walked, before I walked in, my brother, I ran to my brother in the lobby, and he was like, he's like, oh my god, it's so good. I'm like, okay. And like uh, I walked in, and my girlfriend at the time was with me, and then when it was over, she's like, that was so good. I'm like, was it? And I don't mean that in like a shitty way, but I'm just like, all it was was I was like, it's it's like okay, best example I can give you is um they remade Let the Right One In, which is a brilliant fucking I think it's Swedish movie or Norwegian I think it's Swedish, um as Let Me In in America that is almost exactly the same movie shot for shot, and I watched them both with my girlfriend at the time within like a couple days of each other, and she was like, we saw what Let Me In, she was like, oh that was really good, I'm like. It was the exact same fucking movie you just saw two days ago. Of course it was fucking good. So, yeah. So, like, episode seven, yeah, it's fucking good. But I'm like, what is that? What makes episode seven any different than fucking... It's basically just the greatest hits of the original. Or, and you could even so, just basically it's like a straight remake or a straight remake of episode four. I'm just like, yeah. despite what you might think of the prequels, like, at least George Lucas did original shit. Like, they didn't feel like anything else. Mm-hmm. Like... I was, that's what, like, I just, I don't get it, man. Like, that's the whole thing is, like, 
the reason that like things start not working and start failing is when you start to like basically get complacent and keep doing the whole the same shit over and over again. So like I think as Marvel as as long as they can keep kind of reinventing themselves and keeping their eye on the ball, I think Kevin Feige's got like he's got this. Like because that was the thing. Was, like the thing that like Kevin Feige has that Avi Arad never did was that Avi Arad was fine, which is basically just fucking just farming it out to every fucking studio and just keep making the same shit over and over again. And that's fine, but at a certain point, people would get sick of that. People have already talked, like, a lot of times recently. It's like horror movie uh, sequels. Where it's well, not even just that. It's almost like, it's almost like westerns. Like, with the whole, like, basically like a whole genre that kind of well, died. Oh, yeah, that's similar. What I'm just saying, because it was like, it was the whole reason the whole genre died was because basically you kept doing the same thing over and over and over again. Eventually people were like, yeah, I've seen that. Like, and then you, that's the whole thing. Is like, that eventually kills it. Whereas, like, as long as you have somebody like Kevin Feige who would just, like, okay, no, we should take this direction, we should take this direction, we should take this, like, as long as you keep making it fresh and interesting, then it won't, there, there, it won't die. Like, it might not be as popular, but it won't die because you'll still have, like, an interesting product you're creating. Like, that's the reason I stopped watching uh, WWE in, like, the early 2000s was because once they bought uh, WCW and ECW, it was the same fucking thing. It was just like they just—they they had no reason to fucking try anymore. So basically, they just—it was the same bullshit over and over again. I'm like, I don't need to watch this. Like, I was just yeah. like, it sucks because I love it. Like, I loved those characters. I loved the, all that shit. But I'm just like, I can't do this. Like, this is just boring as shit to me. So it's like that's my whole thing. Is like that's why like I think DC doing darker movies and then getting kind of penalized for it sucks because even though I think. Um, Zack Snyder's take is way too dark. At least it's something different, and that's the whole thing. There should always be something different out there. Like it's like I mean that's and that's another thing for me in general. Because I'm just like I can't even listen to like, like music wise. If you ever listen to my playlists, like they're all described as random. But it's just like because I get bored. Like if it's like three or four songs to any genre, I need to move the fuck on. I'm just mm-hmm. like it's cool. But I need to get the fuck something else i always need something else yeah which i'm the exact opposite i go through phases of i'm only listening to the metallica for the next month and then okay now it's the weekend any new music nope i'm listening to his first album over and over and over and then i'm ready exact opposite person yeah that's i can't do that i need variety that's that's why i always fucking like uh with my dad like when i was like living at home like my dad would make the kind of the same fucking foods like over and over and over again Till I didn't eat them anymore, and he's just like, I thought you liked it. I'm like, I don't anymore because you keep making it over and over and over again, and I'm fucking sick of it, man. Like, I can't eat it anymore because it's fucking and now it just fucking disgusts me. That's kind of my whole thing with everything. I'm just like, I need constant like change and st- like different and stimuli, stimulation. And just, exactly. Yeah, stick one in the back. You know, use your pinky or something. Keep me interested. No, that I don't want ever. I already had a discussion <laughs> with. I had a discussion with Cardinal once. I was like. There will never be ass play in my future, and if there is, <laughs> I will never talk to that person again. Uh, a bunch. I have a friends up here, no names need to be named, who are like, it's not a big deal. I'm like, it's kind of a big deal. Not not in the sense of any sort of stigma around it, like it's gay or anything like that. That's it's just that it it it's irritating. Like just the thought of it. I've I've never because like we've discussed before, Franny's more vanilla. She's not even vanilla. She's cream based. It's just straight. Just whiteness nothing and that's not a sexy way that's just a completely uninteresting and that sounds bad but you know what i mean <laughs> and uh so it's i've never had it happen but 
literally just the idea that it's a possibility sometimes keeps you on your guard. It doesn't sound like fun to me. What's well, the thing? I don't want like I don't want licking. I don't want fingers. I don't want. I, I want. I want no part of it. I will not be doing it. I don't want gentle it done to me. draft. Right? No. I want nothing. A no. slight stream of of water, maybe. No. I want nothing. No. Okay. I, no. Yeah. No. I will not. I don't. Yeah. No. I wouldn't use a bidet. Fuck that shit. Ah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, I would probably use a bidet, but that's just that's different. I'm not thinking of that in a sexy way. I'm thinking that in a hygiene way, and I can get I can get past a lot of stuff when it comes to that, but in a sexy yeah. way, no, thank you. No, I'm I'm okay. <sighs> okay, well, hold on. Before we get back to the quiz, that has that was not at all what I was referencing about the Kevin <laughs> Smith thing. So I know I'm not reading it. <laughs> yeah, so don't read the whole thing now because it's really really long. But yes, it is. At some point, I want you to read it because it, it's it it touches on what we've talked about in the past of uh, you having still liking Kevin Smith the person and still liking the old movies but detesting the new stuff, which is fair. I'm not. No, that's not true. I hate one fucking movie. I Two hate movies. fucking yoga hosers. and cop. No. I really dislike Cop Out, but I wouldn't say I hate it per se. It's just it's so fucking like blah. Like it's like it's the definition of fucking mediocre. Yeah. Like actually in a lot of ways though, I will say like I don't know which one I would actually rather watch if forced, because like at least Yoga Hosers is a like it's different. Like it's not it's not it's not <laughs> to blah. go with my like, current ar- my other argument. Yeah, it's it, something it's, else. It's, it's shitty as fuck, but I mean, at least it's something different. So this article runs through the person of of Kevin Smith now, like who he was in 2010 when he was like cursing out critics and studios for being assholes to who he is now and who he was when he started making films. And it, I don't know, it, the the more I learn about Kevin Smith as the, it's like when I told you about why I liked Yoga Hosers. The whole reason I liked Yoga Hosers was because before I had ever seen it, before it came out, I had listened to two dozen different podcasts of kevin smith basically telling you this is the shittiest movie but it's my movie like this movie will make no sense and don't try to make sense out of it just watch it it's you know this is i wanted to have fun for once so i didn't worry about this this i just made a movie so anyways going into it i was not anticipating anything i was just like wow i know there's little nazi sausages brazis i know his daughter and uh johnny depp's daughter play like super scene or not scene uh what's like the clue uh hipsters no not hipster like the beverly hills girls they call them or like you know like the valley girls valley girls like kind of you know really into like their cell phones and image and like saying like and stuff but canadian wise and so i went into it with just thinking like kevin smith laughed at every scene he shot in this movie i want to see what it is so i appreciated it in a different aspect than what it is as a film so reading that article and listening to him talk and stuff he he is the art piece not the work that he does the work that he does is just to get you to listen to him more and i i don't know i really like it he said that for like for a while where he just like um when he started basically making money off q a's and the podcast yeah he was like i'm getting paid to be myself like that's what everybody should strive for i'm like yeah and I'm actually, in your case, it's actually perfect. I'm just like, I don't want you to make movies anymore. Well, like, did you so, see what he like, did at the opening of Red State when he screened that? What do you mean? So he did this big pub- pub- publicity stunt at the beginning of Red oh, State. Oh, at where, Sundance. Remember Sundance yeah. where he, like, yeah, he sold it to himself for Yeah, he came out and he's like, I'm selling the rights because this movie is just, you know, I want it, yada, 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 this big spiel. And then the guy comes out and says, $20, and Kevin's, or, or and he says, we'll start the auction. Kevin Smith goes, $20, and they go, sold. And it was literally just to... He turned around and started talking again to the crowd, and 
a very basic summary would be fuck all of you this is my movie i'm distributing this how i want you can say it's shit you can say it's great it doesn't matter i made a movie moving on and like that is with that in mind i haven't seen red state yet but with tusk and yoga hosers which tusk is a good movie aside from anything i do i've said before the reason i was excited for yoga hosers because i really like tusk it's like tusk is unique which is something that very few films can say even good films very few can i call unique that movie is fucking unique. It's well acted. It's well directed. It's suspenseful at times. It's humorous at times. Yeah, it's a great, great movie. But um, even then, his his mindset though is what again sells me. He didn't go into Yoga Hosers thinking he was making Clerks. He didn't go into Tusk thinking he was making Clerks. He went into them both with, this, I can't believe someone's letting me make this movie. Running with it, which obviously it getting worse. So like Red State with the whole like or catholic cult type stuff he was like okay and then he got money for tusk and he's like wait really are you kidding me i'm turning a guy into a walrus cool and he's like hold on let's see how far we can push this boundary not in how far we can push this to make a good movie just in general like what the fuck can i get away with on screen and still enjoy what i'm doing and and that's why i like it i get why you don't like it trust me i'm never gonna tell you you're wrong i completely understand why you call it a bad movie but i don't watch it for the quality of filmmaking. I watch it for the quality of Kevin Smith. That's all. Well, no, that's the thing. Is like I used to. Like I've said before. I mean, like it's like I used to. It sucks because like the first time in my life that like, I I used to my entire life, like when I was basically like working in a video store where I basically I would get like I was allowed three movies at a time from there. Granted, I would sometimes take more because my manager didn't give a shit. He just was like just don't sign them out. Um, I also oh. had three movies at a time from Netflix. So basically, like, at the time, it felt like homework, and it basically was, but it was basically me doing my own film school. And part of that was basically just, like, looking at directors' careers and kind of seeing, like, kind of how they, like, you build, you build, you build, you peak, and then you start going downhill. Sometimes there's a last gasp, and then it's kind of crap. And it's like, I became comfortable with that, because they're just like, you just kind of just, just watch the good. Yeah. Um, the problem was, it was the first time in my life, like, once I watched Cop Out, it was the first time I realized that I was just like, oh, fuck, I'm living it now. Like, it's like, I didn't, before, I was just looking at it from an academic standpoint, and now I'm like actually experiencing it, where it's just like, this person whose work that I love almost unconditionally up to this point, you've made something that like, it's the first time that I'm just like, oh fuck. Like, it's like, it's like, it's it's like almost like, not to say he was God or anything, but just like kind of learn that like, God isn't perfect and infallible. It's just like, it's mm-hmm. just like that, that, that feeling is just, it's soul killing. And it's just like, I want Kevin Smith to still be making really good fucking movies. And I mean, yeah, if he just wants to make whatever the fuck just looks like he feels like doing, that's fine. And at this point, I'm like, I'm not going to be, I will not have any positive expectations for him to live up to at this point. At this point, I'm just going to be like, oh, Christ, like, how bad is it going to be this time? Yeah, um, see, that, that's, that's, that's where we differ because you're looking at it too, um, and with rightfully so, because your whole life is basically cinema. Um, you look at it cinematically as an art form, whereas I think it's, and you know it's long past that, but you can't, you can't stop that. Like, you're just so searching for quality story, quality directing, quality, like, camera work and whatever and whatever that I'm just like, no, don't take all that and throw it out the window. And you're just like, I can't, that's not how I watch movies. And I get that. I can't really argue with you anymore. Yeah, that's why, like, I always thought it was funny. Like, I remember, like, uh... When I was working in the video store, and, like, the, the like, perfect example, where it's, like, I literally, I basically felt like Randall a lot of time, 
because like they're like that, literally that, like that. And actually, I got compared to Rendell once, but like uh, where it's like people never read quality flicks. It's always just the most intellectually devoid movies in the racks. And like I remember, like when the fucking Larry the Cable Guy movie came out, like people would ask me recommendations, and I would give them to them, and they would fucking come up with like, the Larry the Cable Guy movie. <laughs> I'm just like, if you wanted shit, I could have told you shit that at least would have been better than this shit. Yeah, you just you're you're now committing to utter crap and showing you have no taste. So that's fine. Go ahead, but don't just don't ask somebody their opinion, and then like watch utter shit. And I know that's how a lot of people watch movies, and it, it never made sense to me. And I was like. So you're going to watch something that is utter crap so you can laugh like three times. Like that doesn't make any fucking sense. Like yeah. the same thing was like with girls where it's like they watch like, these fucking intellectually devoid fucking chick flicks just to cry. And I'm just like, but there's really good chick flicks you can watch that like have depth and like are well made and like and like they'll probably get you there anyway. But instead you're watching this like myriad fucking like it went from being like Kate Hudson, like Anna Ferris, like I don't know who the fuck is doing it now because I don't watch that shit. But um, and like it's funny, I remember there was like, one time that like I was at uh, the drive-in, uh, and this the girl I was with, uh, she she brought her friend that was also my friend, but like uh, our other friend didn't show up to keep her company, so she was like, "We're not gonna make out. We're just gonna watch the movie." I'm like, "I don't want to watch this fucking movie." <laughs> And then she was you just sold like, me on one thing. <laughs> exactly, it was the fucking ugly truth with Captain Heigl. Yeah, I don't like. And her. I was like. I was like, this is what I'm going to do, just to amuse myself. I was like, I'm going to go through right now and go as close to the minute as I can and basically tell you exactly what's going to happen in this. I've never seen this movie. I have no idea. I'm just telling you right now this is what's going to happen. And I wrote it all down to, like, to the minute and handed it to her. As we're watching the movie, Like she would look down and she's like, holy shit. And I'm like, because they're the same fucking movie. <laughs> Every fucking one is exactly the same. Well, like, it's, Jesus I mean, Christ. but isn't that, that's, that's all forms of entertainment though. Like I can't understand why people listen to certain types of music or a good one that I get into arguments with people up here about is sports. Like you, like people will love golf, which I have no disrespect for that. I fucking love golf. I think it's cool. And they'll tell me that hockey is boring and I'll be like, wait, wait. Or, or you know, what's a better example. Baseball. They'll watch baseball adamantly and tell me that hockey is boring and I'll, I'll stop for a second and I, I won't be able to fathom it because as far as like technical proficiency amount of rules you have to follow at every point in time physicality uh fucking like pace hockey is almost untouchable as far as what it takes to be a hockey player in all other sports not like i mean there is i'm not saying there isn't like lacrosse is intense rugby is really good soccer's uh really fast paced even basketball but in general you're telling me that it's boring because either a you can't follow it B, you have some sort of grudge in your head where you're just like, no, fuck it, because I've never liked it, which happens to a lot of people just because you've never seen it or liked it. You choose to never give it the chance, and that's fine. Like, that's what that is for you with movies, and, I mean, you can't try to understand why people like th certain things. It's when we get into our argument about why Breaking B Benjamin, I really like them as a band, and you hate them as a band. Like, it, that doesn't change the quality. Okay, it may change the quality of the band, but that's by our perspectives. There is no global standard. Well, yes. I mean, that's which I meant to ask you. Do you like Seether? No. <laughs> I, I a video popped up on my YouTube. I know Seether because of a lot of their hits and whatnot. But a video popped up, and it was like a funny video where like they're like singing like with the. It's happened in a thousand rock videos where they're like super light and airy, and they're smiling, and the like guitar chords are really uplifting, and it's his his vocals are nice. And then switches to like a red overtone, and his beard gets all scraggly, and he starts doing his rock singing thing. I don't know. Anyways. I liked the song, so I started digging through all Seether, and now I really like Seether, so I didn't know if you liked him or not. 
No, that's my whole thing. The thing with Seether and like all that shit is like people will give a shit to Nickelback, and that's completely. I love fair. Nickelback. I fucking hate Nickelback, but the thing is, like, all of that shit to me is all the same. Like that's why I'm just like some people that mock Nickelback. If you like shit like Seether and like fucking Breaking, like all that bullshit, I'm like, you don't get to make fun of Nickelback then. Like, if you like the shittiest fucking like, I didn't know how to put it into words. Like, if you like the bottom of the barrel. You can't just suddenly be like that other thing at the bottom of the barrel that is also like it's like that's awful. Like no, all of the shit at the bottom of the barrel is terrible. You can't just like pick and choose which ones are good and which ones are bad. Like that's that doesn't no. Like, fuck that shit. Like eh, agree to disagree. All that all that radio rock bullshit. I I it, it's like I I I like a lot of punk music, especially since you and Kevin like uh, uh, showing them to me. Like I introduced a bunch of friends at work to Joy Division who had never heard of it, which I had never heard of it either until you guys showed me, and then. Uh, anyways, Green Day is the bottom of the barrel to me. Yeah, yeah, let Kevin Cardinal know about that. Green Day, for me, is the bottom of the barrel. I fucking hate that band. I can't, the sound, the fucking, his voice, the, the instrumentation, like, nothing about it appeals to me, and yet they're obviously lauded as one of the better of of all time, even, and I just can't get it. I can't wrap my head around it. It don't make no sense to me. It's like we, like, it's like on Punctures, we like, an episode about, like, uh, art, and I would just, like... And I will freely admit, like, it's like even though I think it's like all the stuff like that, like radio rock bullshit is shit. And I mean, in a musical sense, it is. Like, it's it is qualifiable. But at the same time, I'm like, all art. It's like it's really, it truly is kind of in the like eye of the beholder. And like, it's like, the, my, my main problem with that kind of shit is like the, my main argument with art because another thing with like, this year with like uh, Twin Peaks where a lot of people were, like, basically bitching about it because they didn't get it. I'm like, you don't have to get it. Like, I don't understand why people feel like they have to get everything. Like, yeah. honestly, art can exist just to make you feel something. Like, it doesn't necessarily have to be, like, something that you understand from point A to point B to point C. Like, it, it can be something that you're just kind of like, I don't know what the fuck is happening, but I feel a sense of dread, or I feel, like, I feel Dude, really calm, I feel really whatever. It's like... No joke, I can't listen to Linkin Park anymore. <laughs> like I, I can't, and and don't. This isn't like a specific. Like this is sadder than anything else. A lot of artists have passed away, and a lot of things have happened in people's lives, and yada yada. But I always listen to Lincoln Park for the rock aspect of it, which I know. Don't get me wrong. I've always known that the lyrics were heavy, but I've always listened to it for well the general appeal it gave me. I was like, damn, this music's awesome, and my buddy really liked him, and we fucking like dressed up one day as rock stars for the uh, Minutes to Midnight release because it came out on my birthday. And it was a whole thing. It was awesome. But I never, like, really cared to put meaning to it. I knew the words was mostly about, like, depression and, like, separation and, like, being alone in this world and yada yada. But I always took it as it was, a song. Now, literally can't listen to their fucking music without wanting to cry like a little baby. I'm like, no, I can't do it. Uh, this is some of my favorite music. Linkin Park has, we've talked about it before, has always been, and I just can't listen to it anymore. And it's awful. It's so bad. Uh, I don't know. I never, I never liked Linkin Park. I, I know you it was funny. Uh, so I thought it was funny when like when um fucking when when Chester died and something everybody that I knew who was like fucking like seen and shit was posting like Lincoln like, about how important it was to them. Like, first of all, motherfucker, you have never mentioned Lincoln Park in your life. Yeah. Second of all, like you don't get to all of a sudden be like you didn't you don't get to go from pretentious to being like fucking like, oh yeah, I'm gonna post this new metal video 
because somebody fucking died. That's tacky as shit. Oh, like, super, super tacky. It's like it's like when a friend from high school passes away, and then everyone goes because this happened recently, and I wanted to call out people. Not recently; it was like three years ago now. Like a fr- a guy from high school died who was not a like a popular person. He had his group of friends, and everyone basically just left him to that. And everyone under the fucking sun was like, "We had some good times, man. You know, I really miss you. You know, on Facebook." I was like. You fucking didn't talk to this guy unless you were forced to work with him. And even then, it was under your breath comments about how, like, oh, I have to work with this guy. Like, no, you don't get... But anyways, the Lincoln Park thing. It didn't have any sort of effect because I was not... I was an asshole as a teenager who thought that, like, depression could be overcome just by not being a bitch. And then I turned into an incredibly depressed mid-20-year-old. So Lincoln Park had no effect on me as a teenager. But post post-mortem is that what it's called of chester now i can't I listen to that music without being like i don't know what's going on in my life like i can't do this and i have to turn it off otherwise i'll spiral i mean that's fine i mean that's what i'm saying like if it made you feel something that's good like i mean that's what that's what art should do like i don't like it that doesn't make like as i'm saying like lincoln park i have less problem with just because i mean it's, it's uh, yes awesome. well no it's not that it's just because it's yeah, it's not terribly interesting from, like, a musical standpoint, but, like, the fact that, like, they did create something that resonated, you can't really ignore that. Like, the fact that, like, it's like like My Chemical Romance, like, the fact that it's resonated that deep with people, even though, like, it's been so many years, like, and people still love it, like, it's yeah. like, you can't really, even though it's not really the most interesting musical thing in the world, it still clearly, like, meant something. Like, clearly, it, it took root. Like, it did yeah. something. So I'm just like, so to me... It's like I don't know. Like it's like that's, that's actually that's really my problem with like the fucking Seether and like Dickelback and all that bullshit is that it's literally it it's it's the equivalent of like fucking Round rice counts. cakes. Like it's like well no it's just like it's just there's just nothing. Like it's literally just there's nothing there. Like it's so fucking safe and boring. It's just basically the same fucking bullshit, and you listen to it because of that. Like you basically listen to it so you don't have to think or feel. And I'm like, that fucking defeats the purpose of art to me. Like, the whole purpose of art, mm. whether it's whether it's paintings, whether it's music, whether it's film, whatever, the whole point of art is to make you feel something. And, like, if you are basically just listening to this because it's just, like, it's, it's cool while it's on and then it's, like, as soon as it's done, you've forgotten about it, there is no point in listening. Like, you've literally wasted time. Because I, it's get, like, that's, I get where you're coming from. I don't agree, but I totally understand what you're saying. It makes sense. And, like, the Green Day thing, it's like, I grew up on Green Day, so, like, I'm never gonna fucking... Like, it's like, yeah, I mean, it's not, like, the most, like, necessarily, like, interesting thing musically in the world, but I do admire the fact that, like, they did aspire to that, at least for a while, yeah. where they, they, were, they were trying to do different things. Like, it's just, like... And not even just American Idiot. Like, Nimrod was them going in a lot of different directions. Like, Insomniac was them going in different directions. Like... They did. They done like a lot of work where they just kind of like they were just like we're not going to be just like a regular punk band, and I admire that. Like that's like that's that's interesting because it's just like that's not resting on your laurels. Like that's the whole reason. Like the like that's like the whole thing with like most bands. The thing I've said like I've said on punksters and I've like because basically Kevin and I have talked about this where I'm just like there's a lot of shit that I get tired of because it's just like if like a perfect example is like one of my favorite bands when I was like uh, in high school was Pennywise, this punk band. And, like, Pennywise now sounds exactly the same as Pennywise then. And that's fine. Like, I'm not, and like if you want music that never changes, pick up Pennywise albums. You're, you're never going to be disappointed because it's always going to sound exactly the same. Mm-hmm. 
I don't want that though. Like that's yeah. the thing is like I want like AFI who like fucking went from being like a like kind of bratty punk hardcore band to being like this like satanic dark like metal hardcore hybrid to being like this fucking like weird goth synth thing to being like like just every just constantly ever changing so every time i pick up an album i don't know what it's gonna sound like like david would, bowie sure that's the reason that bowie was relevant to the i mean he died. hell that's what they talk about with david bowie whenever you reference him it was the 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 Man of many faces. He fucking had like seven characters, and you didn't know which one was singing on the on the album. Well, that was the whole thing. Is it? Yeah. Then that's and I know. Uh, I think it was Kevin. It was definitely it was more than one people, well, more than one person. But I remember. I'm pretty sure Kevin said like, um, his last album was his best album. Yeah, he said and that I, on Punksters a few times. Yeah. So I'm just like my whole thing. That's the whole like that's interesting, and then that's something that you should aspire to. Like the reason that like I would argue that like. Probably the Rolling Stones and bands like that are probably still selling out like fucking stadiums, but I would probably guess the records aren't selling as well. Is because like at a certain point you buy a Rolling Stones record, you know what it's gonna sound like. Yeah, and like you shouldn't, you shouldn't. Like that's the whole thing is like whenever I go to a movie, like I'm hoping to be surprised. Like that's the whole thing is like because yeah, I mean there are certain things like I go to because I know what it's gonna be. Like it's like I mean that's the whole thing with, like slash movies. Like the slash movies are like really no better or worse structurally um from like rom-coms or anything like that but like the thing about like slash movies like that's the whole point to me is it's like i grew up on it and plus it's like you can twist it so many different ways and yeah it's the same structure so it's like it's very comfortable but at the same time you can twist it so it still like works so it's still effective and that's what differentiates it to me at least from like other genres where kind of like it, the structure might be kind of set in its ways like it's, it's very much like it's stuck there it's stagnant and it's like it's not even necessarily stagnant it's just like it just it's just frozen but at the same time like if you can find ways to twist that like you just you use that structure but you still twist what you're doing to use it hopefully against you as an audience member like that's that's cool like that's the reason i would keep going like like get out get out is a perfect example actually because get out or cabin in the cool. woods cabin in the woods well cabin in the woods is actually like to me I actually was just saying this yesterday when I bought the 4K um, from this guy I work with. Is that your Ron. first 4K movie you bought? No, I own like uh, the first one I bought was uh, John Wick Two, uh, and then um, I think Guardians Two. No, then Alien Covenant, then Guardians Two. Now uh, Cabin in the Woods. But um, I was actually saying this to like because um, Ron uh, was just like he's like, is it a comedy or is it a horror movie? And I was like, it's both. It's like, it's, it's, it's like, I was like, you ever seen a Joss Whedon thing before? He's like, oh, I was like, yeah, Joss Whedon. But I was like, the thing that I, when I first, because I saw it in the theater, and the thing about Kevin in the Woods was that, like, as soon as it was over, I texted everybody I knew who liked horror, and was like, this is the movie you need to see if you really love horror, because it manages to simultaneously, which seems impossible, but simultaneously celebrate and mock every element of the horror genre which is incredibly difficult to do, and they pulled it off. Like, they managed to basically, like, take apart all of horror and put it back together in a way where, like, it's telling you what you already know is going to happen, but still making it something that you're going to be, like, either laughing or scared or whatever. Like, you're even knowing what's going to happen, it's still going to get you. And that is fucking difficult, and that is fucking awesome. That is the reason that I'm still pissed that Drew Goddard has not made another movie. Because Drew, Drew Goddard, he's the guy, he's who, the guy who directed it. Oh, and Joss Whedon wrote it? 
Yeah. Got it. He was Drew Goddard was supposed to well they they wrote together, but uh Drew Goddard was supposed to direct um Sinister Six, but obviously that never happened. Oh. Um so he ended up he show ran the first season of Daredevil for a little bit and then he ended up getting uh he got some other job. So um uh, what the fuck is his name? Stephen Knight ended up actually show running it, but basically the reason that to this day Drew Goddard is a consultant because Drew Goddard is fucking awesome. Like he was one of Joss's like main like apostles during the Buffy days going on. Um, but yeah, like that's the whole thing is like in any see, the thing I was saying like to kind of like some it's just like I'm like all of it like whether it be like the Kevin Smith stuff like whether it be like I mean anything I'm just like that's really, like I mean. I think the reason Quentin Tarantino is still interesting, even though I don't think The Hateful Eight is his best movie, but the reason I think it's still interesting is because at least he's still, like, he he is clearly somebody who just, like, I don't want to keep doing the same thing. It's, like, my, like, basically, like, Reservoir Dogs is one thing, and then kind of Pulp Fiction was kind of, like, taking that to the next level. Um, and then you could argue that kind of Jackie Brown was kind of the same thing, and then he's kind of hard left turned. Because then he does the Kill Bill, which is completely different. Oh, yeah. And he does Inglorious Bastards, which is completely different than that. And he does Django and Chain, which is completely different than that. And there's Hateful Eight, which is completely different. Like just like he's just kind of like zigging and zagging because I feel like he is somebody who is just like, what is the point in just doing the same thing over and over and over again? Like that's the whole thing is like, Kevin Smith actually managed to pull it off for longer than most, so God bless him. But like, because he spent, it was basically from like Clerks, which was like '94, to um, really until like, I mean. I would say Clerks 2, I mean, I guess you could take Jersey Girl out of that list, but, like, it was, like, at least almost 15 years. Like, he managed to kind of do the same shit over and over again. Oh, yeah. And granted, clerks, I mean, clerks in a mall. Clerks he did with manage, Jesus. He, clerks he again. Did manage to, but he did manage but in fairness, though, he did manage to, like, do what I was saying. He, he got in there, broken apart, and made it work differently. Like, yeah. Chasing Amy is nothing like anything else he ever did. No, it's still, like, very, you know... It's, you can recognize heavy. it as him. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, you can you can still recognize Lube. his voice, but it's very different. And Dogma the same thing. Yeah. The problem is, as I'm saying, like now it's like it's literally just like shit he's making to make himself giggle. And I'm like, but that's not. I mean, that's fine, but don't release that. <laughs> like, well, so that's why he no longer like with with the last three. That's why he doesn't. He keeps the publishing rights and he sells them to movie theaters himself. Like he doesn't release them on this big scale with advertising and whatnot. He just no, like, hey guys, hey guys over here. I made a movie. If you want to see it, you're welcome to. I basically just got super stoned and kind of put it on film. So check it out. And I like. I think that's a better way of doing it. No, that's fine though. But like my whole thing is like he just shouldn't release it. Period. Like something basically he makes and then keeps at his home. <laughs> like if like if I ever got invited, he's like, "Hey, you want to see this movie that I made? Like I've seen all your movies. Like no, you haven't because I never released this. Like all right, I might like Yoga Hoser's better thing. I'd be like, oh hey, like this is like this random fucking thing you did. It's like a like, 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 like well, a how about weird how project. about instead of him just keeping it, he just spends millions of dollars to isolate South Glens Falls from ever knowing about it, and and that way we can still enjoy it. And then one day you'll stumble across like, oh shit, in 2014, this mo- oh my god, all right, let me check this out. I mean, if he's if he has that kind of money, I wish him the best of luck. And also, I, I mean, like, because I managed to like, I basically let's like um. Because the thing I was saying before is like it's like the, the whole thing is like the reason it's hard for me kind of like when I, especially since I know kind of how like filmmakers' careers work like I'm always looking for like new stuff so it's like that's why it's even harder to keep me engaged is because like why should I watch 
yoga hosers when Jeremy Sonier is doing fucking uh, Green Room. Like, what the fuck? Like, it's like, so you have this young fucking filmmaker who's doing something that I've never seen before. Yeah, Green Room was ridiculous. It was awesome. Oh, totally. And then, like, you're doing this piece of shit that, yeah, I've never seen before, but it, I don't, I didn't want to. Like, Green Room is like a movie I never knew I wanted to see. And then fucking Yoga Hoser movies that I knew I'd ever wanted to see, and yet they made it anyway. Yeah. Like, it's like, that's my whole, it's because like, it's, it's really just like, it's like, oh, hey, what if, like, we did, like, the typical stoner comedy duo? Because, like, that's the thing. I don't even begrudge that, because it's basically, like, the 70s had Cheech and Chong, the 80s had Bill and Ted, the 90s had Jay and Bob, the 2000s had Harold and Kumar. If you want to make the, the 2010s, the Colleen's, fucking fine. I don't give a shit. <laughs> Just give them better shit to work with. Like, yeah. that's my only thing. Is I'm like, if you want to make that... Because, I mean, every fucking decade has their stoner duo. If you want to make it those guys, that's fine. But, like, give me something worth fucking watching. Like... Yeah. Well, in that, and in that one, they made a really good point about how he doesn't want to appeal to anyone other than his... Because he has his diehards, you know? Like, that movie, for example, still... Well, turned, like, I still was! Turned, no, no, diehard. I know. But, like, even to this point, there's still people. So even if he loses a 1000 a year, you know, he's still going to have his following, like myself, like Jeff Stone. Um, where, like, Yoga Hosers and Tusk and Red State all turned profits. They all made him money. And uh, so there's no reason to stop there if you're thinking business-wise. But he doesn't... I, I, I just think there's something beautiful in not caring about appealing to anyone other than yourself. And... It's the same argument I already said before, and, and we're going to end up in the same spot. But I'm just saying that regardless of the fact that, yeah, it is a bad story that probably doesn't need to be told, made in a really shitty way, and you gave the entire FX department to one man, your best friend who you do a podcast with, Andy McElfresh, which is another reason why I absolutely love it. The fact that one guy did all that, even if it is Campy's 80 bullshit CGI, is still awesome. And uh, I, I just I think that that changes the appeal of the movie, but... I guess we're on different sides there, and that's okay. That's okay. I mean, that's... The, well, you know, it's like the whole thing is, like, I mean... It's like the whole thing with, like, Kevin, where I've said before, I'm just, like, there's times, like, I mean, like, we don't... Like, he respects my opinion of Batman vs. Superman, yeah. even though we don't share one, because... Yeah, nobody loves that like, movie as much as he does. Well, that's the thing. I mean, but that's, that's the whole thing. is like, I do respect, like, what they're trying to do. But that's the, thing. Like, that's the whole thing. is like, the problem is people that, like, don't even think about shit, but just outright write it off. Yeah. That annoys the shit of me like it's like i don't like radio rock bullshit but like if you fucking like are like this is really good i'll be like i will listen to one fucking song yeah you play that song for me i'll be like i'll either have changed my mind and i like that band or i'll be like okay this is just affirming my point like just i don't uh, like we're, it we, we're good like I, I don't need any more of also which mentioning that listen to the new tyler the creator album Fucking I don't awesome. dislike Tyler the Creator. No, Tyler no, no. but <laughs> I mean, you don't. It's also not one you would seek out, and I'm telling you, seek this one out. Like this, uh, this album was. You listen to Kendrick's "Damn," of course, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I only got like I, I tell listen to the whole thing, and I listened halfway through. I haven't gotten all the way through. He he came out in a in a uh, interview and said, "Listen to it backwards," which you shouldn't do until you've heard it the whole way through. But anyways, um. I can't listen to it back. I don't know vinyl. <laughs> no, not literally backwards. Like oh, uh, like the order backwards. Yeah, and it tells a better story. But uh, like Element, for example, is like the fourth song in the album. But in reverse, it's like the tenth. And the whole song's about how he tried or he doesn't want to be a different person than who he grew up. Yada yada. Anyways, my buddy had the balls to tell me that he thinks Flower Boy by Tyler the Creator is a better album than Damn by Kendrick Lamar. And if he didn't live in Arizona, I would slap him to the ground. 
so fast. Not to discredit Tyler's album, but Kendrick's was a fucking masterpiece. But anyways, no, no, no. No, we don't even get the same argument. Check out Tyler, the Creator's new album. It's amazing. Okay, fine, fair enough. But yeah, like, uh, but that's my whole thing. It's like, I mean, at the same time, it's like my thing in general. I'm just like, it's like, I mean, fucking, like, another perfect example with Kevin. Like, he fucking, he doesn't like Suicide Squad at all, and I fucking love it. So it's like, it's just, it's again, it's a situation where it's like the, the eye of the beholder. Like, you really like fucking yoga hosers. I don't understand it, but like, whatever, man. Like, that's that's up to you. Like, I'm not, you were like a big part of the reason I watched American Beauty again. Because oh, you really liked it, so and yeah. Kevin and Cardinal really liked it. So I was like, maybe I'm wrong. And I watched it again. I'm like, oh, I, I actually really liked that. Yeah, I was wrong. Whereas Boogie Nights, I watched it again. I'm like, nope, I still hate this, but at least now I know why. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. At least getting, you know, like I always say, I'll try anything twice. You know, yeah, I mean, I don't really have that. I'm just like, I mean, there's many things that I will try twice, but usually it takes quite a bit of time in between. I'm just like, all right, fine, I'll give this another shot. And then it's just like, if it's still bad, I'm like, yep, no, I'm good forever now. Like, That's awesome. Fool me once. <laughs> <laughs> Shame on me, fool me twice. Shame on, wait, no, vice versa. Oh, well, I'm doing a George Bush thing here. He doesn't know how to say it. I don't know how to say it. Uh, so this one, I think, on to 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 really hammer home the point of art and stuff let's talk about rick and morty then did you watch the toxic episode yes but it was like a fucking week ago so i had to kind of remember oh, <laughs> I mean, like... i've watched this so many times i really wish i had watched it again right now before playing it but that's neither here nor there i can bring up points and they'll Im- immediately spurn in your head again they probably you, will you know the idea you already you remember the story and that's the biggest part but i had one question if you noticed it when watching this this season's already pushed it in our face twice Every goddamn thing Rick builds has artificial intelligence to a, like the most absurd degree. And the reason I said that is when he, when Toxic Rick comes out of the vat and he starts kicking him in the nuts. Which, by the way, Toxic Rick aims for the nuts way more than any. Like I don't know if they meant to do that or it was just funny of them in the fight scenes. Like if that was a character uh, choice because Toxic Rick is yada yada. Um, I assume that's. I, I assume it was a character choice. He hits him in the nuts three times there. When they're fighting their way through the house, he's just constantly banging him in the balls, like it's not in a sexy way, just like really fucking hammering him home. But when the uh, little robot comes out of his belt buckle, and he's like, "Kill him!" and it looks at him, and then he says, uh, "I can't remember what the robot says, but it's like this is not my fight," and it goes back inside itself. So that's one where it had artificial intelligence of like self awareness. Uh, the butter robot is obviously a super famous one. His car, with its ability to mock Summer when it's when it's keep Summer safe, and then she's like, "I was told to keep Summer safe, not keep Summer like totally comfortable and like cool and stuff." Like the car can mock people, which shows self awareness and shit. Uh, earlier in season uh, three, the uh, when he has the Morty and the Summer sitting at the dinner table when they're in the Mad Max world. And then the Morty goes berserk, and it's like, "No, I am alive. I love you, mother. I really." And it starts trying, and then it's like, "Fail safe override. No, fail safe not override." And he tries to fight it, and then they go backstage, and they end up getting into. He, you can hear like a, a scuffle of Rick destroy. Do you think that maybe that's a part of Toxic Rick or Normal Rick that he builds all of his fucking uh, electronics to have an intelligent equal to himself, or at least some sort of self awareness? What's the whole thing is like? It's actually it's funny because I, I, Kevin doesn't know this yet, so and this won't be, uh, it won't, this won't be out until we actually we've already done it, so it's okay. Perfect. Uh, my my actual plan for uh, it's to spring it on Kevin tomorrow is an idea I've been gestating for like a year, 
and it's been brought back up because Blade Runner is coming out. And uh, I, I rewatched the first episode of Westworld the other day with Justin. But like, it's all. And actually, it's also been brought back up because of the whole thing recently, where like um, they ended up pulling the plug on that fucking program that basically became it invented a language that we didn't understand. Oh, that's to be more right. Efficient. And it's just like people were like, "Oh fuck!" That's the whole thing, though. Is like I feel like we've gotten to a point in society, though, where just like it's not necessarily you're trying to do it. It's just like by having artificial intelligence at all, like it's going to evolve, like actual intelligence, because the way technology has evolved, like it's impossible for it not to. Yeah. So it's like I don't know if it's necessarily like if like Rick as a character is like basically like trying to like whatever, but I feel like it's mostly just like it's just the nature of technology and the evolution of technology where like the more like the, the you, you, you're trying to create a better and better artificial intelligence. At what point does that become actual intelligence? Like yes. at what point do you acknowledge that as being sentient? And that Which Rick acknowledges it when Rick Morty and Su- robot Rick Morty and Subber go into the fucking warehouse and they have a fight over it and he has to destroy them. He can't just turn them off. Like you just hear glass breaking and shit like crushing and he had to destroy the robots because they were clearly just intelligent. They were they were alive at that point. And that was I thought that was awesome. Well, yeah, it's like, it's like the whole thing is like, I think I've told you once before. I was like I once spent like an entire night I couldn't sleep uh focusing on the uh moral implications of replicants in Blade Runner. Mm. Which sounds insane, but it just like it, it fucking just fascinates me. Just the idea of like, at what point do you count like someone, so, like someone is being sentient? Like, it's well, like if you're asking rednecks. It's never they're willing to kill just about anything. But yeah, but as I'm saying like it's like you just because you it's like you, you your argument is basically that you created this. But I'm like everybody created every form of life. Like every every I mean people fucked and they created this yeah. creature like whatever it is like human animal whatever like it's like it's created so like this the fact that you built it in a lab doesn't somehow make it any more or less alive or worthy of sentience to me yeah well that, so the reason why i brought that up was one of the there's a lot of character um traits that they put in one rick versus the other rick and one morty versus the other morty which is perfect that they don't line up exactly because they pointed it out right in the episode um healthy rick well quote unquote healthy rick because healthy rick's more of an asshole than (laughs) fucking toxic rick but anyways um that it was based off of their form of health not like some general standard which is great i like that but healthy rick never builds so every episode rick has some goddamn gadget or like thing he built that in some way is used or maybe it's like a catalyst for the story going sideways healthy rick never builds a single thing and i thought that was my first few viewings i thought that was just like whatever they didn't need to it didn't help the story at all and then immediately when rick and morty merge back together or rick and toxic rick merge back together he has the fucking voltron robots at the end that serve no purpose other than turning into a voltron well, and tying up Morty, but anything could have done that. Like, so that was clearly one thing that uh, uh, that was toxic, Rick. That's like a combination of the two where he doesn't need to build gadgets. He doesn't need to perform science if he's not, if he's healthy, quote unquote. Yeah, Which, I mean, yeah, well, that's, I mean, the whole thing is, like, I mean, you could basically argue, like, um, essentially every fucking person who ever did anything worth 
like talking about was fucking crazy on some level or another. Yeah. So like, or, or was doing it for some sort of selfish means, which the fucking the well, that's, toxic that's, Rick that's still a level of well, yeah. like that's still narcissism. Well, toxic like, Rick yeah. says it twice that he's a god, where he creates the new element that doesn't actually do anything when he's in the toxic world. He's just like, I made a new fucking element. You think anyone else could do that? I'm a god. And he's like writing on the screen. Doesn't do it for any purpose other than to point out that he could be the one to do it. Um, but like I was saying, healthy Rick is not healthy Rick because A, he's totally okay with the world destroying. Like, because when mm-hmm. the toxic Rick and Morty go off to turn everything bad, he's like, hey, who am I to say that their version of a health of a planet is any better or worse than mine? So toxic or healthy Rick clearly gives no shits about anything. He's willing to kill because he's gonna kill Morty, and it's not. There's, if Morty just was to die, toxic Morty was just to die there, he says it would have no way on him. He's not the one who cares. The emotional attachments is something he considers unhealthy, which is great. I love that toxic Rick was the one who was fucking like. Oh no, Morty! I'll take care of you. You know, he's right before he sucks me. He's like, "Don't worry, Grandpa's here." Sweetest thing Rick's ever said in an episode, and it's the fucking asshole that says it. It's the terrible person Rick that ends up saying something sweet, which I thought was great. Uh, I mean, well, yeah, I think that's the whole thing. Is it's just like everybody who ever did anything is, I mean, that's worth. I mean, it's it's everybody. I mean, really, I guess everybody in general. Like, it's not like everybody has kind of like positive elements and negative elements of their personality and you really have to have both to not only be you but just yeah, to but, be but the thing i liked like, about them was that they chose it so for example healthy rick and bat and and toxic morty were the exact opposite like toxic morty didn't want to hurt anybody super self-conscious super like down to himself didn't want you know obviously the side of morty that's a bitch so to, you know so to speak yeah the uh, lesser where, elements yeah. yeah the lesser elements whereas healthy morty was fucking like he jumped and he was like fighting toxic morty in the ship when he crashes the ship in there or he bails on his entire family like the healthy morty the one who's always talking about um loving your family and the one who's always talking about like rick we should need to be there for each other and mom and dad and yada yada that's the unhealthy morty again or the toxic healthy morty is just like nope you're a better man than me rick i'm healthy enough to admit that and he takes off and abandons but at the end, they kind of... This is the one part that threw me off. They kind of pull a 180 on you. Is when Toxic Mor- or Healthy Morty makes the decision not to hang up. They The first time, it doesn't seem like it's his decision, but it clearly is because his girlfriend or whatever is like, oh, you didn't hang up. He's like, oh, would you look at that? Like, doesn't care. He, he knew he didn't hang up. And then it wraps him up. He doesn't struggle. His eyes don't wince. It's literally deadpan. And he just goes, whatever, man. Do what you got to do. I don't know if he's given up or if that version of even like healthy Morty and toxic Morty are both aware that they need each other. Maybe I don't fuck it. That part messed with me. That was the only, in that general. That's what I'm saying is like everybody, you, your baser elements and your more like your better qualities. Like you need both to be you. Like no matter like whether you're like, I mean, obviously some people have, different proportions so some people yeah. you don't want to have more like mm-hmm. but it's like if you're like a productive member of society like it's like everything in you good and bad is what makes you you and you can't really live without any of it yeah that's true that's true but they also i don't know they like didn't... like it's basically like been me like for like a year maybe i remember i mean let me a little bit more like, where basically it's me is fucking, like, trying to not be fucking as horrible as I was getting. So I'm just like, if left to, like, my own fucking devices, 
like I will just fucking be horrifying. Like it's like I will revert to like kind of Doom esque, Joker esque behaviors, <laughs> and like it's really not who I want to be. It's just like it's just something that's like well, it's perfect that brain. you said that. So that the when you first see so the show takes you in the first five minutes gives you three different stories, but decides to stick with the last one. Uh, it shows them go on that trip, and then. You know, Morty, this is just a 20-minute adventure. Just 20 minutes. And it ends up being, what does this say, like, seven days or six days later. Um, and they both have that... Me- so, like, you're like, oh, maybe this will be a space adventure story where they're actually getting caught up in something. Nope. They finish that in about a minute, not even. And they get their medal, they get in their car, and then they have a mental breakdown in the car, which is probably one of my favorite Rick and Morty scenes ever, because you never see that. It's kind of like what I talked about with Pickle Rick, with him being out of control. This is him finally yeah. fucking admitting it, and Morty finally giving him, like, the wait, why are we doing this? All the time, he just accepts it, but this time, neither of them. So then you get the story of them going on a vacation. I mean, the heck, the episode's called Rest and Relaxation. So you're like, okay, I guess this is going to be a spa thing. Nope, 20 seconds later, they're in the spa, and then all of a sudden, some shit goes wrong, and they're like all green, and they're in this weird world. And the part that really caught me, Rick, this whole season, has been such an asshole that for the first few until until Rick pointed it out, I thought we were actually seeing Rick and Morty in a like messed up area. He's like really pissed off, really angry. He's swearing all the time. He's cursing out Morty. He's calling him useless. And yet I was still buying it as that was Rick. Like, no, this isn't a bad version of Rick. This is just Rick. Like, this is him. They did that so well of him being just such an ass all this season that it was it was plausible that the worst version of Rick was the one you were used to seeing. So like you were just saying, if you could revert back, it's clear that Rick, the last, this season, has been the worst him, the the Victor Von Doom of Patrick. That's been Rick this whole season. So until he actually points out that it's not him, that could have been its own episode. And then that turns on you and you realize there's health, healthy Rick and Morty versus toxic Rick and Morty. I think yeah. that may be the most clever first five minutes of a Rick and Morty ever. I, I honestly believe that was the most properly thought out episode beginning of anyone so far yeah i mean uh the one thing they did kind of sparked my brain uh the one thing that pisses me off that i apparently pissed dan Harmon off too so like it's like so i'm like whatever about it was a little thing at the end where like somebody <laughs> yeah. fucking the game of thrones dig yeah because it's like because even dan Harmon's like it's my favorite fucking show like i didn't do that some asshole intern yeah. did that well it's it's a i mean that's not like out of the realm of adult swim to do they they kind they rip on people with those little things all the time so i don't know why people were so surprised by this one but yeah it definitely wasn't uh them but i have read and this is completely up for debate which i want to talk a touch more about rick and morty but i'm just going to say this to you so you can think about it and we can talk about it later i've read a lot about how this entire season of game of thrones has just been fan service like it's I decent mean, story but it's, it's all not even just that service. though i don't honestly think it is i think it was just like this is where they were leading the problem is they fucking paid themselves into a corner where they were like, well, yeah, we can do this. We can we can finish this out in 13 episodes. And then, like, the other side of that being, like, oh, fuck. We basically have to, like, rush through shit and change elements of the show we've kind of had since the beginning mm-hmm. in order to make that work. Which was stupid on their part. Like, because it was just, like, the, you, you're now watching Game of Thrones for the first time. Mm-hmm. Like... The early seasons, it's like whenever they're going anywhere, it's like fucking Lord of the Rings. Where it's like a fucking journey that like takes like forever, and it's like um, Christ from like Arya to get back from fucking uh, King's Landing, like took like fucking seven seasons of television. Like 
Um, but like now it's like to get from Dra- granted they didn't really completely establish where Dragonstone was, but like to get from fucking Dragonstone on the wall apparently it takes like ten fucking seconds. <laughs> like apparently the fucking dragons rips a hole in the space time continuum. But like whatever, man. Like it's not. It's, I don't think it's even fan service as much as just like. They knew what beats they had to hit, but now they don't have any time for anything else. They're just like, we can only do the broad strokes now. We've got to hit the the bullet points. Exactly. We can't do, like, there's no time for nuance anymore. (laughs) We need to just fucking get this shit done. Which, if you're thinking we skipped an episode of Rick and Morty, we did not. There was a one-week break this Sunday. There was no episode. So this actually worked out. And you're going to be like, oh, but it's been two weeks since the last time you talked about it. Fuck you. In your face, there was a break. Fuck me, like not dude, you, not seriously. you, Patrick. <laughs> Fuck the person arguing with me, thinking that it's we missed an episode when we didn't. Because I was, I was not thrilled. So I was gonna say, I will fuck you up, motherfucker. No, step to me. You got to drive an awful long way. I'll be out of here by then. Come on. You Which, won't know that I'm coming. I'll just, I'll just not be here after this episode. I'll just make the decision now to roll the dice. Um, what was I gonna say? I don't know. Oh, the only other thing, which I read about this in a lot, and I thought it was really cool. A, this episode finally brought you back to Morty's high school life. Because season one is basically entirely about, I mean, the town. The the town, and like Morty and Jessica and all this bullshit, and you don't see that. The last episode, he talks in the car about how his children are going to be beautiful because their mom's going to be Jessica. That's the first bring up of Jessica in like, I think, seven or eight episodes. And then you finally go back to the high school for a half of a second in the beginning, and that's why I really like the opening, is it constantly goes back and forth. Um, So that was cool. It brings you back to that. B, Jerry's completely gone again, solidifying that you never really know if Jerry's going to be there. He's not that, like, he's not a plot point anymore. The fact that they got divorced isn't, like, playing with, oh, when are they going to get back together? When are we going to see more Jerry? Nope. If you see him, cool. If not, don't worry about it. Jerry's no longer a main character. Which sucks because I love that voice actor. I can't remember his name right now. Uh, uh, Chris Parnell. Yeah, Chris Parnell. Um, I got super dish. Oh, well, it's C- funny. Like, my favorite episode of uh, Rick and Morty is actually in high school with Tiny Rick. But go ahead. Oh God, I love the tiny. But yeah, exactly. That stuff hasn't happened in about. So let's see. The last episode is obviously of season two. It's gone. All of season three, you haven't seen it. Um, I'm trying to remember what the purge. You don't see the school at all there. That one's out, and then eight I think might be Tiny Rick, or, or close to it. So yeah, it's been at least eight episodes of not seeing the high school at all, which was a big part of of the whole story. So they bring you back there. See, it's my favorite as far as quotable lines go ever. They two times so they've always hid like stupid sexual stuff under the radar, like uh, season one episode eleven, Tammy in the background's just like. <laughs> You know, I'm really into, into or I, I started watching Bukaki. I don't know if I'd ever personally try it, but like, and they like hide <laughs> that out. In this episode, they do it twice. At the very beginning, where she's like, I'm looking for that kind of, that docking kind of love. You know, penis in the foreskin kind of love. And then at the very episode, end of the episode, they do it again, where she's just like, With have you ever been, ur- yeah, have you ever been urinated on? Oh my God, yum. Like, it, <laughs> really hammering it home that they're referencing like old stuff again. At least that's what I took away from it. Um. Morty saying his whole spiel to Jessica and whatever the new girl's name is, I can't remember her, but where he doesn't stop talking for like a solid five minutes. I have every time I eat anything now, as annoying as it may be to the people around me, as I go, mmm, is this organic? To everything, just because <laughs> he says it twice and I laughed both times really hard. Um, but l- last thing, 
Rick has perfected the ability to transfer himself via genetic material, like, uh, memories and all. Because that scene where, where Toxic Rick pulls the bomb out, and he's like, oh god, don't do it. And you think it's going to be like this big explosion or something. And then it's like a little fur ball, and he just goes, who's a good boy? Who's dead? He's a good boy. And it just expands. Uh, that's probably my favorite scene from the season, now that I think about it. That, I lost my face, and then Rick, like, injects his neck and shoots it into him, and a baby Rick comes out and turns into a full size, and it makes absolutely no sense, which I personally believe is a reference to the pilot, where Morty inhales that green stuff, and an entire being, he coughs up, goes from, like, nothing to baby to person to old man to dead. I think that was a reference to that as well. Could be wrong, but I would, I would bet money on it. Fair enough. Yeah, I, got, I mean, it very might be. I don't know. I never really thought about it, but yeah, like, it could be. That's how much I watch this show. I watched that episode every day for the first week and a half, or first week, and then we weren't able to record, so I didn't watch it. I wish I'd watched it again to get a little bit more, because oh, this, this, I've said, I've said this during during every episode. My favorite of them all is Vindicators. I'm not denying that, but every single episode has made me look further into it than the last like made me want to find more details that they're referencing uh exploring uh like uh releasing like everything i'm just like oh wait oh what if that was this oh what which i found this awesome reddit thread that you've seen these on the internet a lot where people try to look too deep into something like the whole pickle rick episode was about don't look into anything (laughs) and uh it was after the most recent not the toxic one but the one before that the jerry and him adventure where it was like the hats number said this so i looked through you know osha's like safety briefings and found that this code stood for this and this code stood for this he got to this long string like three or four paragraphs worth and the very bottom was like which ends us with these numbers and he had all the numbers laid out and he's like which stands for it's just a fucking tv show and i was like oh i was following you to the end too because he laid it all out perfectly got me bamboozled again don't look too deep, but I can't help it. I can't help but try to analyze the show. It's my favorite show. on Second favorite show of all time. Favorite show on TV right now, without a doubt. I mean, yeah, no, you're fucking love for The Office. but Yeah, um, you can't shake that. I can't shake it. I mean, no, I, mean, I really like it, but yeah, no. Like, I mean, it's not like I wouldn't put it that high. I mean, can I, can I, again, I said before, it's like everyone overrates the shit of it. But, like, I mean, it's, it's not, not to say it's a bad show, but, like, it just, it's just, it's, it's not – it's whatever. I mean, like, again, it's a bit, but at the same time, like my favorite shows, like some people, like, I mean, not everyone fucking loves Buffy the way I do. Like many yeah. people do, but whatever. Yeah, like it's got a fan following. I would say not as big as Rick and Morty, but it's got a fan following and it's pretty, it's pretty loved. I mean, Buffy's managed to maintain a fan following for like 20 fucking years. So Rick let's see how long Rick and Morty is okay. holds out. Hey, Venture Bros is still freaking holding a fan base. And I think Rick and Morty is a better i'm not saying it won't i'm not saying it won't i'm just saying let's see intelligent show and which is hard to do venture bros is like one of the most well-written shows of all time but that's neither here nor there rick and morty (sighs) and i'm gonna be so i people complaining about game of thrones being over is me with rick and morty in four weeks when this season's over i won't know what to do with myself oh i won't have any i won't have anything left to look forward to life will cease to exist i'm i'm sorry for your for your for Franny's loss and your family's loss. It's true. It's true. Well, at least you're looking out for them. All right, let's wrap it up. Anything else okay. you want to say about Rick and Morty, Kevin Smith, art, anything? Um, I mean, you'll hear it again, I'm sure. So, like, yeah, whatever. I mean, will. I don't know. Like, I mean, 
Oh, yeah, I looked it up. Kevin Smith, he suggested also, like, James Gunn. And I'm just like, honestly, if, if James Gunn wants to do it, I would be surprised. Because basically, as I said before, basically what he's doing with Guardians is basically, like, it's already Star Wars anyway. It's a better so, like, Star Wars. Not better than like, the originals, but better than what's going on. Yeah, so, like, what the fuck are you, like, it's like, I don't know. I can't speak for James Gunn. I'm not James Gunn. But, are like, sure? if, yeah, I wish. If I was James Gunn, I would feel like, I don't really care about playing with your toys. I'm already playing with these toys. Like, yeah. I don't need your toys. Like, yeah, that's legit. You've always said that before, too. That's a point you've brought up in the past. Uh, yeah, so. What was I going to say? I mean, if even oh. DeVarney directs it, that's fine. But, yeah, go ahead. Listen to Flower Boy. That's all I want to say. Check that album out. It's amazing. Okay, fine. You check out the new, brand new album, Science Fiction. The band's brand new or the band Science Fiction? The name, the name of the band is brand new. The album is also pretty much brand new. But uh, the name of the album is Science Fiction. All right, deal. That's our homework. Aside from watching Rick and Morty again, when the next, because Sunday it'll come, that's our other homework. Okay. All right, otherwise, this has been Smen of the Smachine. I'm Kevin the Captain Mills. I'm Pat Vicious. <laughs> yeah, there it is. And thanks for listening. All right.